Welcome to Machine Learning. A Generation of Debt, that's the name of the book. And it starts off, the author starts off and says, tuition prices have increased twice as fast as actual prices per student as public four-year schools in 1990. The simple reason for the price increase has been because the market could bear it. Enrollment in 1970 increased from 7 million to 14 million in 2002. <coughs> Excuse me, while total population of young people barely budged from 36 to 39 million. So doubling of the number of students. Okay, so obviously something has changed that allows a huge influx of students to go to college. Even as the number of students enrolled in college has increased, the number of seats available barely increased since 1960. More students were enrolling and paying for the privilege. Okay, so what that means is there's a huge dropout rate. If they didn't increase the number of seats and the population didn't increase that much, but there was a doubling of the number of students that went to college, that meant that there was a huge dropout rate for uh, students who enrolled, went to, got maybe one several or several years of college, then dropped out. The Clinton raised loan maxims for students' loans from 1992 to 1994, federal student loans borrowed climbed by 50%. More students were enrolling, getting into debt, dropping out before graduation, and repaying student loans for numerous decades. This is almost incredible to think about that, but, you know, when I did my risk analysis for loans, the, uh, the loans that were the highest for default were were students that were in their mid-20s or individuals that were in their mid-20s that were taking out a $5,000 loan. Student loans today are can run anywhere between 30 to 40 to 50,000 depending on what the university is per year for the tuition and and uh, and board. In 1972, President Nixon established the Fannie Mae, the Student Loan Market Association, a recovering market for student loans buying and selling the portfolios of private lenders in 2004. SMLA made billions in profits. Private loans marketed by large, big national banks and student loan um, providers, including Sally May, are not much better in putting your tuition on a credit card. The private loans do not offer deferment no grace period and fewer repayment options 
The volume of loans increased from 1.1 billion in 1995 to 96 to 15 billion in 2005. From 1999 to 2000, the average private student loan owed $6,000. That was like a dream, that $6,000. I remember when I was a college student, I went to school on the GI Bill, and the total payout on the GI Bill was like 5000 And I think my tuition for four years was less than 20000 And so one thing that isn't noted here is how fast the tuition uh, rates increased. As of 2002, the graduating student debt reached about 24,000 for a master's degree and higher holder and 100,000 for law and medical students. Loan debt among grad students increased seven times faster than undergraduate debt in the 1990s. Graduate students average credit cards in 2000 was 7,831. An English PhD in 2003 had a 25% chance of coming out with a tenured track job and 50% chance of dropping out. It's interesting because so much debt and I have a friend who's or a colleague at, who's uh, working on his PhD in computer science, particularly machine learning. And at one point, he asked me if he should just quit because, you know, there's more opportunities to build business and, and to capitalize on machine learning and AI. But he had already spent money to get his PhD and had borrowed, I think, $25,000 to continue on his program. And so he was in debt and also losing money on the stock market and had a very unstable job and wondered whether or not he should continue forward in his education. Well, he continued forward in his education, finished up the academic portion of it. Now he's working on the thesis part. But it's kind of a worthless thesis to my mind because it doesn't translate to uh, building a business. So that's why, you know, I, th I think when you, if you're going that route and you're looking at getting higher education, translate it to how are you gonna make money with it? Because bragging rights, they have a title of PhD, but it doesn't translate to anything in terms of monetary value is just that it becomes what are you going to do research um, consult or is it just going to be qualifications for a continual stream of jobs which is that's what he's doing is consulting all right well enough about that but uh, there is so much opportunity in ai right now it's phenomenal i want to switch off the book of generation of debt to uh, 
switch to talking about uh, AI robotics in naval. So they have an unmanned ship, and it works, patrols the areas around the ports, and watches for any suspicious activity or ships that uh, might be unauthorized in that area, and it will it will go and intercept those ships. And it's unmanned, so it's safe. If a case that that was an enemy combatant ship, um, where it might have something on it that could be dangerous, and uh, it's also uh, mounted with a machine gun, so if it encounters enemy fire, it can return gunfire. So the it's uh, combative ready. And it, but I, I believe that it requires human intervention for it to, to begin to fire. So this is another area where machines are are uh, pretty smart, and they're they're beginning to get smarter with the AI. And uh, if you're whatever you know about AI right now is probably ten years old. And the current state of AI is much more dynamic and capable than you can ever believe. Um, and I started thinking about that because I was watching some small neuron neural nets uh, control different types of navigation and so forth. That it's going to be very soon that you have not just you know 100 nodes on the neuron network, but you could have millions if not billions of neurons and so the sophistication levels of ai are going to be moving up exponentially and the energy consumption amazingly enough for those those complex networks is very low and because they're using gpu gpu and uh, energy calculations for their networks so they're very fast and the gpu's cost to train the networks are getting much lower so the cost is being reduced and the computation levels are going up very fast so i think that gpus are going to play a big big role in the change in the hardware architecture in the near future